Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast, where it's all about uncovering questions, thoughts, and discoveries in your own personal Book of Mormon study. I know it seems crazy, but for over four years, I've been writing out the Book of Mormon, word for word, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. It's amazing what we can learn when we slow down and give space for personal revelation and insights beyond our normal reading pace. I'm Susan Gardner, a convert, a cyclist, and a Zuma to eight amazing grandkids. Come with me as we unveil new perspectives and understanding as I continue to write out the Book of Mormon. Hi, this is your host, Susan Gardner, and you are listening to Writing the Book of Mormon podcast. This is episode zero. Today, first, I'll be explaining to you why I named this episode zero. It's because I have a feeling like I would like to... uh, give you an introduction and a background of why I'm doing this podcast to begin with. So I've been thinking about this and I've thought about a good example I could give you. Um, it is summertime at this point and I just so happen to be at my daughter's house in Utah doing this podcast. And I think that summertime is a time that we can take some uh, hours off work and be able to have some road trips with our families. And oftentimes we go to similar places, correct? Um, we've had experiences where we've been driving down the freeway, we've passed the same towns over and over again, but for some reason or another, we never stop. However, this time we're going to stop. We're going to take that exit. We're going to find a nice place to spend the night. And because it's summertime, uh, it's going to stay light longer, right? And so I'm saying that you're going to decide to explore the town that you've only seen through your car window. So you, uh, if you're like me, you've brought your bike, uh, you take it off your car rack, you get on and you start to pedal towards the town. Now, when you arrive to the town, you notice the buildings that you've seen before. However, this time, because you're on your bike, you notice that the architecture is very unique to each building. In fact, it's kind of more reflective of the era it was designed in. Now you head out to the harbor that you've seen before from the freeway. You've noticed that there are some boats, but because you're on your bike, you notice that there's several different colors of boats. They're tied up to the piers. And you can also uh, hear the water splashing against the sides of the boats as they bob up and down the water. Uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty interesting. Um, You notice the little road that leads out to the countryside, so you decide to take it. Um, As you do so, uh, the asphalt that you're riding on is a little cracked. It's kind of bumpy. You're going over little rocks and twigs that crack under your tires, between the tires and the asphalt. And you look down and you notice little cute tiny flowers that are beside the road there uh, as you go by and that you didn't notice before. Now, you head back to where you're going to stay the night, and you decide to get up early the next morning. And before you go, you decide you're going to take another trip in the town, through the harbor, and into the countryside. But this time, you're going to do it on foot. So you arrive inside the little town, and you notice the same buildings that you saw before, except for this time, you can really appreciate that there's hand-carved wood in the doorways. 
Um, you look down, you see the sidewalk, and you can see handprints that were put there with dates dating long ago, many, many, many decades ago um, that you didn't notice before. And also you can smell that bakery next door pa- making those pastries. Oh my goodness, the donuts and the croissants and the, all the yummy stuff and that they just smell so good there. So you resist going in the bakery and uh, you walk down to the harbor. And now not only can you see the boats, you can see that they're tied up to the pier. You can notice the colors of them. Uh, but you can also hear the creaking of the wood that they're made out of as they bob up and down the in the water. Um, you know, it's kind of a busy time of the morning. People are getting up and getting their boats ready for going out to the the harbor for a little bit. And they're very friendly and they wave to you. You wave back to them. And also when you're walking by, you can now notice the cute names that they've come up for their boats. And as you read them, they make you smile. You look up ahead and you see that the countryside's not too far, so you venture out there. Um, You uh, are walking along outside on the path there, and uh, you're noticing every so often you'll kick a pine cone, you'll step on a rock, um, you even scare a, a cute little gray lizard into the bushes. Um, speaking of bushes, you, you notice there's lots of different plants. There's plants with stickers and thorns and there's plants with flowers and all kinds of different things. If you look closer on the leaves, you can see little tiny caterpillars um, moving up and down on the on the uh, leaves and in eating them as they nibble along. And then you look down on the ground, you notice that it's really beautiful, black, rich soil. And in that soil, you can even see little tiny ants. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing what ants do, but uh, they're doing their job down there. And it's a different experience walking through the countryside. Um, that's kind of what it's like when you write out the Book of Mormon. You, uh, you have the same town. You go through the same places, same route, but you see different things. Why is it you see different things? Is because you're going slower. And you take a minute to notice things that you wouldn't normally be able to see or notice. And that's kind of what it's like to write out the Book of Mormon. And uh, now what on earth made me do such a thing? Uh, you know, I, I don't recommend everybody do this, but I'd like to share with you what kind of got me to that spot. If I could, I, I remember if, quite a few years ago, I was sitting in a parking lot in my car outside a building where one of my children, I have to admit, relentlessly uh, <clears throat> was attending inside. And uh, I decided years before that, that during that time of sitting in my car in the parking lot during those seminary hours, I would read the Book of Mormon. <clears throat> now, excuse me, I had a great life. I still do. But like everybody else, you know, you have things you worry about. You have things that bring you down and make you sad and and things that you kind of fret about and uh, pray a lot about. But uh, that time, I have to admit to you, reading the Book of Mormon uh, was my balm of Gilead. Um, It really brought a lot of great comfort and and help during that time. Uh, Anyway, uh, I remember pulling out the Book of Mormon, and I had arrived at Jacob 5. It's, uh, if you remember, the allegory of the tame and wild olive trees. And like you, I've read it many times, and so I geared up myself to plow through it one more time. And uh, like other times, I began to have a difficult time keeping things straight. Um, 
you know, all the, the transplanting and the ga- grafting and the pruning and the digging about began to jumble in my brain. I remember I couldn't keep it straight. And so I decided that I was going to keep it straight this time. So I dug in my child's backpack that was there in the car with me, and I got out a scratch piece of paper and a pencil, and I began to read again. And as I came to a tree description, I would draw a tree, and then I would read some more, and then I'd draw the tree again, except for a little bit differently this time. And I kept doing that over and over again, and I realized that I really understood what was happening better. Um, why? Because I slowed down. And the story became clearer to me. I remember I got home that day and I kind of uh, dug through my cabinet to find old composition books left over from uh, years before my kids had them for uh, past school years. And I found one that had mostly empty pages um, and I took it with me the next morning. Now, uh, as I began to read, I would write out what I read And then, as a bonus, I would write down a thought or an idea I had because of what I read. So I'd write it down in the composition book and then forge ahead. And and pretty soon that started making me have questions. And so I'd write down the questions in that same composition book. And that continued doing that day after day. And uh, while doing this over the the next few years, um, you know, I started thinking about all the critics of this book. And I've figured it's been like two, what, 200 years that they've been criticizing this book. They were finding fault with it and tearing it down. And, and I decided that I'm going to write out this book. And I'm going to not only write it out, I'm going to write it word for word and sentence by sentence and paragraph by paragraph. And I thought in my head that Certainly, if I did this, I could find any falsehoods or made-up parts that uh, Joseph Smith might have put in there. I would find it from doing it this way. In a sense, I was di- it was like I was dissecting the book. Um, I thought that, mm, well, if the Book of Mormon were false, it would be obvious to see mistakes and errors, omissions, flaws, or fallacies, right? And so that's what I did. In fact, you know, I even asked God for his help to show me specific parts that made all those claims of falsehood authentic. Well, I got to tell you right now, what I have found instead was beyond what I could have ever imagined. Going through this process helped me understand more clearly not only what was written, but I found myself reading between the lines recognizing feelings, motivations, and the importance of words. I found passages of scriptures, now get this, passages of scripture that connected stories that are not only years, decades, and centuries from each other that were all connected. Messages written thousands of years ago applied to me in that exact moment I needed them in my lifetime. Now, how could that be? This is the most important part. What I found repeatedly was this. There was no no way this book could be made up, falsified, motivated by evil, or compiled by a genius. As I wrote this book out, 
I was mind-boggled by the thought of keeping track of all the moving parts. Moving parts, there are just too many details to keep track of. Too many things to keep straight, too many genealogies, governments, movement of people, currencies, lands to be maimed, and consistencies in doctrine to be maintained. You know, I found a quote by a gentleman by the name of Marcel Proust that sums up my experience as I wrote out this Book of Mormon. This is the quote. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Again, I need to share with you that writing out the Book of Mormon has brought new eyes to me. As I have posed probing questions and had mind-expanding thoughts and eye-opening discoveries, I need to tell you right now, this book is true. It has enriched my life. I have gained insights that are new to me because I slowed my pace and took the time to really see what was in front of me. Kind of like the clever boat names, the hand-carved wood in the doorways, and the crawling caterpillars, if you will. I'd like you to join me and share some of those insights. I'd love to hear from you, not only what you think of what my insights have been, but what, are you, what have been some of your discoveries, some of your insights that you could share with me. Lastly, I want to remind you of my favorite mantra. It's not important to discover something first. It's more important to discover it for yourself. Slow pace, give space. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who also loves the Book of Mormon. And if you're on Facebook, be sure to like our page and join our community. You type in writing the Book of Mormon dash discussion group. This will keep you up to date and current with new topics and conversations surrounding our study. I do appreciate you, and I hope you have an amazing day.